Welcome to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, a program brought to you by Living Stream Ministry. Witness Lee, a servant of the Lord for over seven decades on five continents, culminated his ministry with a 21-year, book-by-book exposition of the entire Bible, which he called a life study. This life study is the basis of our program today, which includes short portions of the spoken messages given by Witness Lee. Now, let's join today's life study. We all know that Peter was first a disciple of the Lord Jesus. A disciple is a follower, a learner. Then Peter received a commission from the Lord and became chief among the apostles. An apostle in the New Testament is a sent one. It's in this capacity that Peter is most often referred to. But in addition to being a disciple and an apostle, Peter was also an elder of the church in Jerusalem. And it's in this status as an elder that Peter writes to the other elders in his first epistle. Elders are the overseers of the church. And as Paul also tells us, these are the leading ones who have been charged by the Lord with a solemn and sober responsibility to care for his most precious possession, that is, his people, the flock of God. And it's in this charge that Peter brings to the attention of all the elders, past, present, and future, that their responsibility must extend even to the risk of their own lives. And another elder, Francis Ball, is with us today as we uh, fellowship on this matter. Peter's word specifically to the elders, and uh, Francis is one who also shares a little responsibility in, in a gathering, in a congregation, in a local church. Uh, these are sobering words, aren't they? These are very needful words. We realize from our own experience we need Peter's exhortation here, and particularly that he would do it not as an apostle but as a fellow elder. Right. I think this is very appropriate and very helpful for us to see his admonition and see hear his words to us. Maybe we'll take a minute. I don't want to go into a lengthy uh, explanation here, but uh, for the benefit of those who, uh, uh, because of the current situation where there's not that much clarity and a lot of different practices, if we come back to the New Testament pattern of the church. Uh, tell us a little bit about what the elders were. Actually, the elders in the New Testament church were simply the leading ones who had some experience beyond the uh, regular members of their locality but not any particular big title. It was simply a a definition. Elder kind of explains itself. Right. That it's an older one who would take some responsibility in guiding the saints in that church according to their, the light that they had from the teachings of the apostles. Yeah, I think that uh, one notion that we do want to dispel so we have a proper understanding as we hear this uh, speaking today Uh, not a special class of uh, believers or even a special uh, layer uh, over the church. It's really among the whole body of Christ, among the members of Christ. These ones were just simply uh, granted to bear some additional responsibility to care for in uh, in many capacity, uh, sometimes physical, sometimes uh, emotional, but most often spiritual, sort of those uh, who had a kind of an oversight and really, the uh, the function here is an overseer. The elder describes more the person, as you said, someone who is older, a little more experienced. But the, the real job title is uh, overseer. So it's not a clerical position, not a special position above the others, right? That's right. And I think this is one thing that's been avoided throughout the New Testament is that kind of classification of believers. 
but just the function of certain believers is quite important to the well-cared-for uh, assembly of believers. At the time Witness Lee gave this message, of course, uh, a large assembly was present, and many among them were elders in various churches, in various local churches. And so he made a point, we didn't include it in the audio portion, but I think I'll point out anyway, he made a point almost to tell the rest of the congregation to stop your ears. I really want to talk to the elders today, uh, because I think our our listeners will appreciate that uh, as they hear the nature of what he had to uh, bring to light from Peter's experience in Peter's writing. So it's it's a word to the leading ones, but it's, uh, I think, and a very instructive word for all of us, isn't it? Yes, I believe so. I think it'll be very helpful to all who hear. All right, let's uh, pick up the verses now. We're in chapter 5 of 1 Peter. Therefore, the elders among you, I exhort, and this is verse 1, who am a fellow elder and witness of the sufferings of Christ, who am also a partaker of the glory to be revealed. So he was an elder, a witness, and a partaker in chapter 5, verse 1, Francis. And let's uh, join our brothers. He helps us uh, to see clearly how important that triple status is. Yes, let's do. Therefore, the elders among you, I entreat who am a fellow elder and uh, witness of the sufferings of Christ. Peter was uh, not only a fellow elder, but also a witness of the sufferings of Christ. Elders must be willing to sacrifice, sacrifice, sacrifice. To be an elder is to sacrifice yourself. You have to realize to be an elder is not a gain. It is a sacrifice. If you are going to be a good elder, you have to sacrifice yourself. You have to sacrifice your family. You have to sacrifice your family life. You have to sacrifice a lot of your time. It's a sacrificing job. It is not a gaining job. It is not a job to gain position, to gain benefit, to gain profit, to gain good things. No. The eldership is one fully of sacrifice. If you are not willing to sacrifice, and if you are not sacrificing, you are not qualified. Elders should always have the sensation that you are in a position to sacrifice everything. Eventually, you may need to sacrifice your life. Not just your family, not just your family life, not just the time, the energy. Eventually, to be an elder needs you to sacrifice your life, put your life to death. Then you are not only an elder, but a witness and also a partaker of the glory. Firstly, you are witness of the sufferings of Christ, a martyr of the sufferings of Christ, then you become a partaker of his glory. You should participate firstly in his suffering, then you participate in his glory. So this is not a light teaching, right? And this is not a word given to you all. This is a word to the 
elders, to the leading ones in the church. Now, Francis, of course, we had a, an entire program yesterday on the, this point. I saw quite uh, touchingly the pattern, the example even that Peter became in this matter. But I think it's worth coming back to to underscore. Uh, Peter, in this verse, links these things, doesn't he? Being an elder to being a witness, which we know and found out yesterday, really means a martyr. And finally, a partaker of the glory. So these things are related, aren't they? And I'd like you to develop this thought a little bit. Yes, that's very much related because he is an elder who has sacrificed himself, willing to be a sacrifice of everything that God's purpose may be obtained in the other saints. And he's willing to sacrifice and also even to the point of giving his life. So we need to be that kind of person if we want to be addressed by Peter's word here. And we need to have that kind of realization that this is not getting a job. This is not getting a position. There's no such thing in the church life. Mm -hmm. But there is the responsibility and the privilege of being an elder as a sample, as a pattern, as a leader that would... uh, Bring the saints into a proper experience of Christ. Peter's uh, a word here in his own pattern shows us that, of course, in one sense, he was a witness of the Lord's suffering. But as the Greek word witness means martyr, that means a kind of a participation in that suffering, which eventually became Peter's lot. He was persecuted uh, after Pentecost, of course, where he spoke so boldly that day, spent time in prison. And as he writes these epistles, Right before him, he realizes the very likelihood of his own martyrdom, and that's exactly what happened. So he's viewing this matter through this very experiential and not doctrinal lens, so to speak. And so in this way that he is encouraging us and really trying to lay out in a very faithful way what is before us if we uh, desire such a responsibility for ourselves. That's what I appreciate, Chris, about this portion of Peter's writings, because he is a person— who considers himself as a fellow elder, not an exalted person, but a fellow elder and a witness of the sufferings of Christ, which carries a lot of weight in it, because he was not only one who saw Christ in his suffering, but he also has entered into the sufferings of Christ in his experience. The more he experienced Christ, the more he experienced the sufferings of Christ. And this is a portion that elders must be willing to take to be identified with Christ and in even enter into the sufferings that are meant against Christ. But I praise the Lord that there is such a exhortation from such a fellow elder as Peter was. Really so. It continues in verse 2. He says, Shepherd the flock of God among you, overseeing, not under compulsion, but willingly, according to God, not by seeking gain through base means, but eagerly. Here's Witness Lee once more. I like to impress all the elders with this one point. Elders are not rulers. Elders are shepherds. Elders are not rulers, not ruling, but shepherds, shepherding. The good shepherding is a good care exercised over the flock. 
to care for the flock, to cover them, to shed them, to uh, direct them with the right direction, and to bring them to the right place, and to give them some kind of order or command to drink well, to eat well. It is a care, and this is shepherd. Shepherd the flock of God, not your flock. You see, in a good sense, all the elders don't shepherd their own flock. They shepherd God's flock. That is not your possession. That's God's possession. In a good sense, you are heard. You are heard shepherd by God. God heard you. Shepherding the flock of God among you. The flag of God. Don't consider the church in which you are taking the lead is yours. That's not your church. No, no, no. That the church, firstly of Christ, second of God, thirdly of the saints. In the New Testament, you only have these three kinds of descriptions of a church. The church of Christ, the church of God, and the church of the saints. Even the church is not of the apostles, neither of the elders. No, no. The church doesn't belong to the apostles, nor to the elders. The church is composed with the saints. So the church is of the saints. And the church is redeemed by Christ, bought by Christ with a high price. So the church is of Christ. And the church is regenerated by God. So it is the church of God. It is not of the apostles, neither of the elders. But sorry to say, too many times the apostle would think that the church raised up by my ministry, that's my church. And the elders would think, well, that the church I am shepherding, I am taking lead of, so that is my church. Forget about that. That is not your church. That's God's possession. Well, the, uh, the things that come to uh, my uh, realization, Francis, are words like fitting, timely, appropriate in this age. Uh, really, the church belongs to Christ, to God, and to the saints, and uh, the leading ones, and even those great gifted ones who have gone before us. It's not theirs either, is it? It couldn't That's be the right. church of Witness Lee, Watchman Nee, or Martin Luther, or John or Charles Wesley. It just uh, uh, it already belongs to someone else, doesn't it? That is a very helpful word for us to get in these days when there's so much confusion in this matter. And people even refer to a certain person sometimes when they refer to that church right. as though the church belonged to him, that local church belonged to so-and-so. That is absolutely not true, and that is really what Peter has brought out so clearly in this epistle and even in the ministry that we're receiving. We see the proper and scriptural position of someone or ones who take the lead in a local church. They are the shepherds there to provide them ways to have the food that they need right. and to have the care that they need. And these are all responsibilities of those who are classified here as elders. But uh, to see Peter in such a position really helps us to realize that it's not just someone giving orders or owning a, a body of believers, 
but it's one who is there to be a guide and a help and a pattern, even the one who is suffering, to see that all these things are taken care of with the saints. Francis, I uh, felt the point he made there at the beginning of that section is also one we should visit for a moment, not ruling, but shepherding. Oh, yes. Big difference, isn't there? (laughs) There's quite a difference. I'm afraid there are some leaders of bodies of Christians that are really rulers, telling people what to do and when to do it and how to do it and uh, to make provisions for them. This is not the kind of person that Peter is talking about. Peter is talking about those who are shepherds. A shepherd has a flock. They don't belong to him. He's taking care of them. They belong to someone else. Right. And in this case, all those sheep belong to Christ, belong to God. God redeemed them. God regenerated them. Christ redeemed them. And they are members of his body. So they are part of the flock that needs to be taken care of group by group. And for that purpose, the Lord has place elders as leading ones to lead them to the proper food, to the proper drink, to the proper behavior. Not that they would be ruling over them or commanding them, right. but being a pattern to them. Yeah, to kind of set the right direction yes. and to uh, get them to the final destination, but not this ruling. And the, the picture of a shepherd with a flock just isn't one of ruling, is it? You see the shepherd is the one who is... Uh, you know, as he said, if they need shade, if it's a hot day, he gets uh-huh. them under the, the tree. If they need water to drink, he gets them to uh, the stream. If they need grass to graze on, that's his ultimate responsibility, right? To provide for their eating. Yes, that's right. This is what a shepherd is for. Well, the exhortation from this elder Peter continues in verse 3 nor as lording it over your allotments, but by becoming patterns of the flock. And when the chief shepherd is manifested, you will receive the unfading crown of glory. So for this life of sacrifice, Francis, there is a significant reward that is pointed out in Peter's writings. All right, let's go back to Witness Lee. Verse 3, now as lording over it. Now his advice comes to the surface. He said, don't lord over. Don't lord over. You are not the lord. You should be what? Slaves. All the elders should be slaves to all the saints. Even not servants. Servants are not adequate. They have to be slaves. Peter learned this word of the Lord. You better go back to Matthew 20 and Matthew 23. In those two chapters, the Lord mentioned the same thing. Among you, Whosoever like to be great is to be a slave, slave, serving your brothers and sisters as masters. The brothers and sisters are masters. You elders are slaves. You have to consider this way. Then over the allotment, the church is God's flock. That's God's possession. But you are God's hired shepherds. So God allotted a part of the church to you. Peter has chosen the best vocabularies to express his understanding. But becoming patterns of the flock. Firstly, he used the word allotment. 
Then he used the word flock. Concerning carrying, it is the church is your allotment. But concerning pattern, you should be a pattern. The church is a flock. Not a ruler, not a king, not a lord, but a pattern. Simply a pattern. Then we go on to verse 4. And when the chief shepherd is manifested, you will receive the unfading crown of glory. Wonderful. <laughs> Wonderful. It's short, it's brave, it's very, very meaningful, and it is also very, very touching. Well, uh, Francis, I made note here of three things we are not, a ruler, a king, or a lord. Uh, but three things or a couple of things that we are, one, a pattern, and a slave. Do we really want to take this uh, when it's offered, you wonder, don't we? <laughs> <laughs> I believe we really can appreciate this kind of evaluation of a, an elder in the local church, that this should be characteristic not to lord it over anyone, not to be a ruler over anything, but to be a pattern to the believers, both in the suffering and in the guidance. A shepherd is really quite a marvelous person to have. I remember one time when I was working with a telephone company, we were building a line across a, a desert place in New Mexico, mm -hmm. and uh, there was a shepherd there on a little pony. He would ride this little pony around and contact all the sheep, and he called them all by name. Really? I was amazed. That man was shouting out, Flossie, don't go there, or something like this. He yeah. was just uh, shepherding these sheep so he could bring them to the right place for their feeding and for their watering, the, the things that they needed, and for their protection. So this is the responsibility of under-shepherds. That means the elders in local churches. They should be the ones that are shepherding the saints in the place to eat and be fed and be protected and be taken care of. And I like also this term, slave. Yeah. I think this really defines the attitude that an elder must have. He must not be thinking that he's somebody special or that his word goes, but that he is one who is a pattern a suffering one, and a slave to all the saints for their good and for their building up. And this way, we would see something really being worked out for the glory of the Lord, as church could be taken care of in such a way. Yeah. He said so many things here in this message that uh, I don't want to forget readily. Uh, it's not sufficient even to be a servant. But as you said, uh, we must be a slave. Slave. And it's the saints, it's the members that are the masters, that's right. and we're the slave. And boy, <laughs> right. how often does that order get reversed in the way it works out? Right. That's yeah. right. I was impressed too, Chris, by this unfading crown of glory. Yes. This is a marvelous uh, goal to have before us, that we would, uh, by entering into the sufferings of Christ, we will also be brought into the unfading crown of glory right. when the Lord Jesus comes. And that, of course, uh, brings us back to verse 1 where we began. As elders, we must be those who are the witnesses and the fellow partakers in the glory. Yes. And that is how the glory uh, becomes our portion if we become, at least in spirit, if we're never called upon to be literal martyrs. But if our living bears the mark of one who really is a martyr for the yes. Lord, then there's a promise of this unfading crown of glory. It's too marvelous, isn't it? It really is. 
Well, another day of uh, healthy words and healthy teaching and uh, uh, a sense of privilege that we get to handle this and do our usually feeble best to bring it to uh, the listeners. But I I surely recommend these uh, messages and these life studies, and I know you do as well, Francis. Yes, I'm very, very much uh, helped by this, and I believe others would be helped by it as well. Well, we recommend these uh, materials to you, and by that I mean the printed life study messages, the recovery version with footnotes, a lot of other writings available as well that really develop these thoughts and these topics. If you'd like to contact us, we'll try to give you as much information as we can and help you get the material for yourself. Our toll-free number is 1-888-LIFE-STUDY, 888-543-3788. And do join us again tomorrow. And today, for Francis Ball, I'm Chris Wilde. Thanks very much for listening. Witness Lee's remarkable commentary on the life of Abraham, taken from the life study of Genesis, is now available from Living Stream Ministry in a single volume entitled Abraham Called by God. Abraham Called by God by Witness Lee is available at Christian bookstores everywhere, or you can order by calling 1-888-543-3788.